Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the It Gets Better podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Adkinson, and today I'm here with Kelly Ann Schumann, and she is a content creator and entrepreneur. She lived in the Netherlands and moved to the U.S. She's also previously a hospice nurse and international cover model, and she does pretty much all of the cool self-growth stuff. You're going to love her. So thank you so much for being on the show today, and we're so excited to hear more about you. Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to be here. And I've been loving following you online. You're literally one of the first people I've been following on TikTok ever since I got TikTok last year. Oh, cool. I love your content. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I didn't know that. So first, I'd love to hear all about you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your life story and what makes you you. Sounds good. Um, So I was born and raised in the Netherlands and I moved to America when I was 26. Um, my husband is American and that's how I ended up here. Uh, we were flying back and forth for nearly three years um, before I eventually moved here. And yeah, born and raised in, in the Netherlands is so different than America. Like every day I still kind of come across things. That I'm like, oh, it's so different here than there. And especially when it comes to like mental health, wellness, diets, everything. Um, I used to work as a nurse in the Netherlands and I did not want to pursue that here. It was also never my dream job. Like I studied fashion and then I didn't know what to do. And then I started studying to become a nurse. My mom is a nurse. So it felt like a smart choice at the time. And in Holland, school the whole school system works so differently you don't pay as much money as you do here because here it's so insane right how much like debt people have for school like there you go to school for like four years and you pay like what like 10k maybe okay wow so it's like of course it's different I didn't go to university just to college but like so there's like of course it pay difference but it's way easier there. So, cause people are always shocked here when I say that I have to like graduated in two different things, but like for there, it's, it's pretty normal. Um, so yeah, <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> this could, I just want to hear more about your story, um, about moving here, um, and what, how you got started in content creation as well. Okay. So, Um, I've always loved the internet. So since I was 14, I felt like I was always different in school. I'm obviously like super tattooed and alternative. I wasn't tattooed then, but I was always kind of the outsider. Like I got bullied in school. I just like always felt like I didn't really belong anywhere. And then like, I found out about Tumblr and like, you know, you kind of like dive into MySpace and that kind of stuff. And I always like, felt so inspired by seeing people that are like similar to me and that's kind of how I also got into the whole wellness and mental health space um I have always had an anxiety since I was like as I think since I was like a little kid I used to get an anxiety while when going on to like school trips and stuff like even if you would just go to the zoo for one day I will be throwing up because I would be so excited, but also nervous. And because it's like out of sight of my comfort space. Like I've always had this thing that I really wanted to stay like in my little bubble. And if I would go outside of that and not being able to quickly go back, because like you're going on a bus when you go to the zoo and stuff, you know, I've always had that since a little kid. And 
that was something I started to really struggle with as a teenager because like I wanted to go out with friends I wanted to go to concerts and doing all these things but like everything would always trigger me and cost me so much energy that I would go to a concert but then I would like every five minutes go to the restroom because I felt like I had to throw up but I didn't throw up it was just like the anxiety like triggering stuff and that's when I started like reading into like self-help books when I was like 16 I saw like always things come across like on tumblr I was like oh this looks interesting and that's kind of like how I got into like yeah just like learning about the self-help and then I really got into it and like reading all the books and I did like courses like uh, positive psychology and stuff just for fun on the side and I've always just been very uh I have like a tendency to be a fixer. So I was always ending up in relationships that I was always trying to fix someone or like help someone that needed to, you know, focus on helping themselves. And before I met my husband, I was in a relationship that was very emotionally abusive. And I was in that relationship for three years. And there I really that really triggered me to focus on like the mental health space and the wellness. And I think that like, just like, jump started everything even more to what it is now wow and once I met my husband and we started like flying back and forth I was still working as a nurse and eventually when I moved here I just started doing like more and more online I just feel like here I'm more inspired it's better to take pictures in America because like there's everything is very spacious here in Texas and in the Netherlands, everything's very crowded, very small, like mm-hmm. the light in like houses there are not as good as here. Like, it's kind of weird to explain. It's just like, interesting. everything is like, <laughs> life there is good. Like it's a good country and stuff. But like for as a content creator, I found it hard always. I would like go with my friends, like make outfit pictures, but the weather's always gloomy. It's always like just hard to really create there. And here I found it way easier I had way more time because over the first like year or so I couldn't work here so I was like just really focusing on on content creating because that's like I had so much time on my hands and that's kind of how I grew more and more over the last three years yeah that's awesome well honestly I had a list of questions but I feel like now I have all new questions um (laughs) are you pretty open about your previous relationship online oh yeah sure well I love um I'd love to hear more about that not love, not in a happy way, but if you're open to sharing more about that, like um, how that relationship went and I don't know, just anything you'd be open to sharing. Yeah, sure. So um, let me think back. This person was in my life for a very long time. I We used to be best friends since I was 14 and I felt like I always knew this person really well. And I also knew that he had a lot of mental issues and struggles. He... Um, was in and out relationships just like me we were just like friends for for the first like six seven years I've known him and I used to always like hear things from his relationships that weren't healthy but of course me with my fixing tendencies I was like oh I I can fix him you know Mm. and so eventually I got out of a relationship he got out of a relationship and we started talking more romantically and that's kind of how it evolved and it really started with like looking back is so much easier than when you're in the situation and looking back at it was just like love bombing all over like the first I would say nearly the first 
year maybe, or at least the first six months. I was in a relationship for three years, but it was um, very intense. And at one point that just like kind of turned, like looking back at it, he's definitely an, a narcissistic person. And it like just like turned and he was very controlling and I didn't really see that because when you're in it, it's so different than when you're out of it now looking back. Wow. You said love bombing. What do you know? I don't know what that is. Could you explain that a little? Um, so the term love bombing is like known for like a person that just like spoils you with gifts. And I'm not saying like expensive gifts because he had he had no money, but <laughs> I mean we were like just like I was like 18 19 at the time and he was a little older than me but like you know he would just like cut like just spoil me and giving me like compliments all the time saying you know like how do you want to marry you how do you want to get kids with you that you're the perfect person that you're beautiful like stuff that you want to hear but then also kind of too soon that someone says stuff like that. But then again, we were friends for so long. I was just like, oh, this is meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, we've been friends for seven years. This is meant to be. We, you know, just like, just finally the moment is here that we're together or whatever. That's kind of like how it felt like. And then that kind of started turning into more little controlling things. Like if I would wear lipstick or makeup it would be like for who are you wearing that Mm. (laughs) you know like kind of like small things I'm just like oh he's insecure he had a lot of like trauma from his childhood and I was always just be like oh it's from that like he can't help it you know like kind of like making excuses for his behavior Mm and you mentioned um that you're a fixer did you try to like quote unquote fix him oh yeah for sure yeah um I'm curious did that like when that relationship ended did it leave you how did it leave you feeling was it like were you struggling for a while after or do you feel like you came out stronger or was it a take some time I definitely felt like it take like it made me stronger and once you're out of you can like breathe and look back but the ending was very turbulent for for that relationship and I feel like it had to like it had to end that way for me to be able to get out um because like we were like at the very end of our relationship we kept going back and forth and then it would be like okay we're done then he would come back saying how I'm the 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 love of his life that he wanted me back that you know like we should buy a house together like stuff like that but at the very end of our relationship I found out that he had been cheating on me this entire Mm. time with over a dozen of girls and like oh my gosh it was like exes it was like it was like all over the place like um like pretty young girls too for someone that is in his 20s and like it was just not not cute (laughs) yeah oh my gosh did someone like did you find out because someone told you yeah so someone close to to him and I he and I think I don't think he still knows but um told me spilled the beans and that just like Pandora's box opened and I was at the time still going to school to become a nurse in my hometown and he doesn't live in my hometown so I would like by train go back and forth like stay there in the weekends stay with my parents during the uh week to go to school and it was like literally that deep that he would like in the weekend 
put away all our pictures, our belongings that are from us, like put them in drawers and have girls over and then like put it back when I would come back to the apartment. And like, that's (laughs) when you hear that stuff, you're literally thinking you're like in a movie, right? And oh my god I'm so glad you guys because you know he, you said he mentioned like you guys should buy a house together like I'm so almost I feel like it happened at the right time because imagine if you guys had bought a house together or something yeah for sure it, it happened so at the right time for me like I had to leave that relationship for me to to grow personally and I it would have kept me so small and my mom always says like that I had a little angel on my shoulder that you know I got out of that relationship Um, also because like after the relationship I kept getting messages from girls that he dated after me that he actually assaulted (gasps) wow and he's still like not in jail he's still like just you know going around and it's just like it's just so I'm just so grateful to got out of that relationship that I got out of that relationship at the time that I did Mm -hmm. And after that, it was obviously a shock hearing that the person that was in your life for 10 years wasn't the person you taught them they were. And I think that was more of a shock for me than like the cheating and uh, emotional abuse. It was more like, how is this person so different than I thought he was? And I think that's what I struggled with the most after that relationship ended. Yeah, I feel like that would make you question everyone around you. Like, do I know? Like, honestly, I feel like it would make me question like, oh, do I know who anyone really is? Yeah, it definitely made me so more aware and like kind of just make you feel like you cannot trust anyone because how can someone tell you like, oh, you're you're my dream woman and like we need to buy a house together and whatnot. But then at the same time, like you're literally fucking the whole town, you know? Oh my gosh. But you're happily married now. Yes. So how was it going from that relationship to your marriage? So for a whole year, but there was a whole year before I met my husband and I got out of that relationship with my ex. And I really, really focused that year just on personal growth. I did not go on dates. I did not do anything. I was just like mainly focused on myself. What do I do? What do I want out of like life, you know, and just like kind of like trying to heal and really make sure that like I wouldn't take that stuff into the next relationship because I was really worried like what if I become a really jealous person now because I'm afraid to trust someone? And I think all the self-work I did that year really helped me to start this relationship like healthy because I do not have a jealous tendency or whatnot. Like I thank God not bringing that into this relationship. How did you meet your husband? On Instagram. Oh, cute. And he was in the US and you were... Yeah, so I was at the time traveling a lot all over the place. Like, is uh, of course, like traveling in Europe is very easy. Like Paris is like not even two hours from my hometown in the Netherlands. You know, everything is so easy and much more affordable traveling than here. But I used to travel a lot to California because I had some friends in California from the Netherlands that were like studying in California. And I had a friend that had an American husband living in California so I used to just go to California for two weeks by myself and just chill Mm. and like hang out with my friends there and stuff and at the time that my husband slided in my dms (laughs) um we started talking and then I was already like had a trip planned to California so then I made the bossy move to 
do a little trip to Austin, Texas while I was in California to meet him. Cause I was like, well, of course I have to like go meet him. Cause like, I don't want to keep talking and putting effort and energy into this relationship or whatever it was, you know, if you don't know how it will be in real life. Cause obviously it's so weird just texting and FaceTiming. Like it wasn't something I ever, you know, and speak in different languages at the time. I, I spoke English, but not as well as I do now because Dutch is my native language. Wow. Oh my gosh, I bet that was wild. What was it like the first time you guys met? Oh, I was so nervous. And I I didn't tell my mom that I was like gonna go fly to Austin from Los Angeles to meet a guy that I'd never met because she would have not <laughs> approved. And like, as soon as I landed in Austin, my mom like WhatsApped me and she was like, what are you doing? You're so quiet today. Cause like I chat a lot with my mom, like on my trip to make sure, cause she's just as anxious as I am to make sure that she knows I'm okay. Um, it was very nerve wracking to just go to a random dude for, I stayed for three days. Like it was um, a lot. Um, and then after a few months, he flew to Amsterdam to stay with me for like 10 days and further we've just been facetiming texting nonstop. like we had a seven hour time difference and eventually I made a decision to come to America for like two months because when you're on a tourist visa you can like stay up to 90 days okay so it's like if I really want to pursue this person and we want to make this work we need to see if it works longer than just like a week of vacation you know because mm. you don't really get to know someone in like just being together in a week and doing fun things like you kind of need to see how it would work if like he's working and I'm waiting for him to come home because like I obviously couldn't work when I was here but I would just work my ass off as a nurse in in Holland Holland and the Netherlands are the same thing by the way (laughs) (laughs) we have two names it's super weird (laughs) um and then I would just like come here and chill and like go to Target and like doing all the fun American things and then, then we really really got serious you know so that's really cool and I think it's awesome that you took such a big risk after having what happened in your previous relationship. Cause I feel like a lot of people after that would have been really skeptic. And I think it's awesome that you like took a chance at love again, because obviously it paid off. I feel like that's a good reminder to people to not let a previous bad relationship affect, you know, what could happen in your future. Yeah, I agree. That is, that's really good. And it is like, it was like scary as hell to like open yourself up again like it was scary and especially it was a weird situation with him being American and in America and I was in 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 the Netherlands you know it was like very weird but it also made it exciting and new you know like in a different different than what I was used to and I think really like the year that I took for myself to not spend time on trying to find someone or to date or to even like really chat with anyone. I really, I always say this to friends that are going through a breakup, like really take time for yourself. Cause like, if you're not your best self, you're, you're not really going to attract usually a good person. And you fall back in that same trap of like attracting the you know, in the cycle of like attracting the same type of guy that will not treat you. Cause like, I would always fall for the guys that needed to be fixed. In my opinion, like as in they had so many mental issues, but they would not work on it themselves. They would not be self-aware enough to work on them. And I would be like taking all my energy, all my being and trying to like help them, but you cannot help someone that doesn't want to be helped. And if they're not like 
you know, mentally open to even considering working on themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. That's funny. That's actually similar to how it was for me and Noah. So I was in like a cycle of toxic relationships and eventually I was like, why do I keep accepting this type of love? Like, why am I, because obviously, like you said, when you're in it, it's, it's harder to understand. Like I, you have so much, I like looking back, I have so much empathy for myself and anyone in those situations, because I'm like, how, I don't even know how I stayed that long. I just, you don't, you think it's normal, I guess, when you're in it. Um, and I was in an abusive relationship where it was like started out verbally abusive and eventually it got physical. And I remember thinking, oh, I'd never be someone that would find myself in an abusive relationship. Even though I watched my mom my whole life, like I remember one of her boyfriends would throw beer bottles at her and they'd like be slamming doors all night and punching holes in walls. And I always was like, I don't know how she doesn't see how unhealthy that unhealthy that is. And then one day I'm dating this guy and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Cause you, and I still looking back, don't know how, you know, it just, I, maybe that was love bombing because in the beginning he was bringing me flowers. And when I hit, like, I think I had hit like a hundred K on YouTube or something. He like brought me a cake that said like, a, or no, I hit, I hit 200 K. So after I hit 200 K on YouTube and he brought me like a 200 K cake. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he loves me. And then in reality, like, you know, quickly changed to him being pretty abusive. I remember I had gotten my wisdom teeth out and that's when it started like taking a turn because I needed him to help me like eat because I my, I got all four of mine taken out, my wisdom teeth. So I couldn't eat any solid foods for about oh, a, damn. a week. And I was bedridden because I had to do, because I also had a root canal at the same time. I was so bad about taking my care of my teeth as a kid. So I had a root canal and then four of my wisdom teeth pulled. So I was like bed, I was really tired and just needed someone to help me. And I remember the moment I started needing him to like bring me water or yogurt, it completely changed into me being like this. He was like, you're such a selfish bitch. Like all you think about is yourself. And it just kept progressing from there. And eventually, obviously I left the relationship um, and I took some time for myself. I, you know, obviously eventually moved to Ohio, a different state. And I met Noah. And I remember before I met Noah, I, when I had moved to Ohio, I started dating someone else and it wasn't, he wasn't abusive, but it was just toxic. He yeah. would get really drunk and go like flirt with all these other girls. And then if, if anyone even just spoke to me, he'd be like, oh my God, you're such a slut. And then the next morning when he was sober, he'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. And I realized I was like, oh my gosh, why am I accepting this again? And so I ended that relationship. And I remember I sat down and I wrote a list of qualities I would need in my next relationship. And I wrote those qualities down and I realized I had none of those qualities. Like I wrote yeah. down healthy communication, like doesn't yell during fights or doesn't say mean things they don't mean just because they're angry. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do all of those things. So I also, I spent like the next year just working on myself and like working on my career. And then when I met Noah, I felt like perfect timing. So I feel like that's uh, it's a big thing is for people to realize, like, obviously it's no one's fault. It's not like, you know, victim's fault if they're in a domestic violence situation, if they're in an abusive relationship, toxic relationship. But I do think it's help helpful when you're not in those relationships to kind of sit down and ask yourself, like, what are those red flags in the beginning so that I can start taking note of them? What are the things that I want to work on so I make sure that I never even allow this person to enter my life again? I don't know. Yeah. First of all, so sorry that you went through all that. That sounds so incredibly hard, but it is really true. Like working on yourself, you cannot expect someone else to have all these qualities if you also don't have mm -hmm. them. 
And I'm not saying that you have to be perfect. No one is perfect. And we all struggle. Like I still am not the best at communicating. Like when my husband and I have a little tip or something, I, I shut down. And that's like my mechanism that I just completely like I leave my body kind of thing. And that has to do with, with trauma that I'm still like working through as well. Like no one is perfect and no one wants you or asks you to be perfect, but it's so good to set those boundaries and standards for yourself. So you get out of that cycle and taking time for yourself is like crucial. I always tell my friends, like take time for yourself. Like I I see friends going into, you know, bad relationships, but it's so hard when you're in it. You just simply don't see it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like, I, I had a lot of friends that when I went through the stuff with my ex that were just like, just, just let it go, you know, but you just like, when you're in it, you just don't see it. And I trusted him so much with so many things that I just like believed anything he would say. Um, do you feel like you've worked on being a fixer? You mentioned that before, like you think you're over that now? Yes, I think I am. I am over, over being a fixer. I still have the tendency to like, you know, wanting to please people. Like I'm, I'm a people pleaser for sure. But the whole fixing thing, I, I still go to therapy and I'm just like, that's your problem. You got to work on that. Your emotions are not going to affect me. I'm having a good day, you know, kind of like that. that. I love that. Um, for anyone who's listening, who maybe is a fixer, um, do you have any advice for them? I think being very selective with who you surround yourself with. I think that's one of the first steps that I took around that time as well. Um, Once I became single after being in an emotionally abusive relationship, I just really looked like, okay, which friends are really making me feel good and which friends are just like energy drainers and just like standing more up for yourself and set boundaries. And I think you really have to learn to or get to know your, your thought patterns and like kind of your behavior and really just like analyze what your triggers are. Okay. So for anyone who's listening that maybe is struggling with, maybe they're in a long distance relationship, because I'm sure that had to be hard. Do you have any advice for someone in a long distance relationship? Yes. So for us, we, as I said before, like we were going back and forth for two and a half, three years. I think you both have to be in it for 200% because it takes a lot of time and energy and it is hard like we were very fortunate that we could see each other every two three months honestly because like financially we were both able to do that and with me working as a nurse I could just like work a lot and then just take time off for a while and come back so I think if like you know those things were very helpful but I think if you really what we used to do is like I would take night shifts so that we I would be awake when he was awake or you set your alarm that you know when you can FaceTime really quick, send each other packages and just text a lot. And just like really, you really definitely, the time that you spend together is so much more quality time because you're looking forward to it so much. And then when you're together, it's just so, it's nice. Like sometimes I look back at the time and I was like, oh, it was so cute, you know, like really your heart definitely grows um much bigger if you like you know are um at such distance and like really craving seeing each other like going to the airport and picking each other up and stuff like that you know it's Aww. just it was a really special time but I'm so glad that I see him every day now it's oh, so much that. more relaxing I love that. <laughs> yeah, just like if you really 
spend the time together like if you uh, oh my god my brain <laughs> sorry <laughs> just really if you both are in it you know and you spend the time to really make sure that you can talk like communication is really like that's really how we got really good at communication too because like that's all you have like texting and facetime like you know it's all you have and then like unpack it occasionally or whatever and counting down the days to you see each other again like I do think like you get to know each other so well before like all the physical stuff comes into place oh, that's too, true you know? I guess you have more time to just actually get to know each other yeah you're really like is you're all like all you do is talk you know yeah wow and how long were you guys long distance two and a half to three years wow that is a long time yeah from uh, early 2017 till summer 2019 and then did you get married when you moved here or did you just move here first or so I was just coming here to visit as a tourist like I used to and then we randomly got married in Vegas oh that is so cool we just like decided to elope and it was it was so fun oh my gosh that's so fun and you're glad you did the Vegas wedding yeah oh my god it was so cheesy but like it was it was so special that it was just the two of us like as a girl I always like kind of you know every girl kind of wants like a big wedding and we were always like maybe we should just still do like a wedding part party or something um but now then the pandemic hit after that so we kind of didn't do that and then also like it's cost so much money and I feel like a lot of people are pressured into having to have a wedding oh, and yeah. spend the money but now looking back and like I'm so glad we did it it cost us like a hundred bucks instead of like what like 20 50k or what people spend on it and like his family's in Florida my family everyone's in the Netherlands like I would have gotten so expensive and I'm just like we rather spent the money on investing and doing other stuff you know yeah absolutely that's really cool and what has life been like post-marriage it's been so fun I feel like you get more of a deeper connection when you get married you're married too right yeah yeah, I am. Do, do you feel that the same way that like, did you just feel you have a deeper connection? I do. I think because once you make the commitment, you're like, okay, we're in this. So exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been really fun. Like it's literally one of my favorite things in life being married. It's just like knowing like waking up with your best friend every day and like just doing life together is just so fun. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, so let's move on. I feel like that was so vulnerable and beautiful and brave for you to share all of that. I feel like so many people who are struggling with maybe toxic relationships or trying to heal before, during, after relationships, maybe even long distance, I feel like they're going to find so much inspo from that. Um, I got so much inspo out of that, but I also know you talked about having anxiety and I was curious, do you still struggle with anxiety now and how have you worked to overcome that? Or, you know, any, for anyone who's listening, who I feel like a lot of people do struggle with anxiety. So anyone who's listening, maybe they are wanting to go on a self-growth journey and work to overcome that, you know, how, what you, what your journey looked like with that. And like, maybe what you'd recommend. Yeah. So there's probably, a lot of things that I will recommend. Um, I still struggle with anxiety. It's not as bad as it used to be. As in like would go into a concert and stuff. I feel like I was really scared during COVID. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to set me back so much. Because like then I wouldn't have gone out for like two years or whatever, you know, because like there were no good bands playing. <laughs> and I actually do not feel like the anxiety when coming to or going to those things. But 
for me, meditation helps a lot. I take ashwagandha. Okay. C- CBD. I really am cautious with what I eat. Like I, I feel like sugar triggers it and I'm really force myself to work out even when I'm not feeling it, even if it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, but I feel so much better after. And yeah, I have a strict morning and evening routine. I take baths every evening. That is something that works for me with my anxiety, just like really calm down before going to bed and really get your nervous system down. Cause my cortisol, my nervous system is just always like ramped up. Um, so I just like try all those things kind of. I love that. I, I've heard a lot about nervous system and I feel like that's something I need to look into because I feel like I do not have a regulated nervous system. Um, you mentioned a morning routine. I'd love to hear what some of your morning routine looked like. Yeah, sure. So I, I love my iced coffee. Like I cannot without my iced coffee, but I really try to wait with drinking it um, that I'm up for one or two hours so that it doesn't like affect my nervous system as much because otherwise I just get anxious and triggered and irritated. And like, I only drink like one iced latte with like two shots of espresso a day because I cannot do more coffee than that because then my anxiety just uh, goes through the roof like a cold brew and I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like, okay. I had really struggled drinking coffee on an empty stomach and I have a little bit of anxiety. So I'm like, maybe I should try and wait. Yeah. I think that's smart to wait like one or two hours. Okay. There's just like, um, gosh, who was that again? I made like a whole podcast episode about it. I need to send it to you. Um, I think it was Huberman that did that. It is super insightful about like how caffeine, like kind of like triggers your body uh, your nervous system um in good and bad ways and like how to you know take advantage of that because like if you also start drinking it like one or two hours later in the day or once you got up not like immediately because I would do it like the first thing like I would put my eye contacts in make my coffee you know and okay. now I wait a little and I feel like I don't have that afternoon dip that I used to have that I just get really tired around 4 p.m I don't have that anymore since switching wow. it up oh okay yeah. I'm definitely gonna take that tip I'm gonna do you eat before too um sometimes sometimes okay but at least just waiting two hours okay yeah I I mean it's definitely better to eat before but I'm I'm sometimes weird with eating in the morning like I just like eat whenever my body is like hungry and if I eat a lot before going to bed I usually wait a little and yeah it depends every day they also say like eating savory is better than eating sugar in the morning for your anxiety I've heard that. I That's something one of my friends was recently telling me. I actually have a book around here, The Glucose Revolution that she gave me because I struggle with sugar cravings and I know that is bad for anxiety. Um, I have diagnosed PTSD, which is basically like a nerve, it's like nervous system related. So yeah. that like causes anxiety and like bouts of depression sometimes. And she was like, my psychiatrist had mentioned before, she's like, you should work on your sugar intake. And my friend was like, yeah, start with a savory breakfast. And I feel like that really works. I used to start with just like fruit, and like more of like a, like yogurt, fruit, smoothie type breakfast. And now I yeah. do savory breakfast and I notice that I don't crave like cookies and sweets. Like I used to, I mean, I still have them. I still like indulge and have balance, but it's not like it was before where I just needed it all day long. It's like, oh, it's a treat when I have it. And I notice that sweet stuff tastes so much better if I don't have it for breakfast first. I could see that just have like a good base, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting what all works. Yeah, definitely look into that stuff, especially if your nervous system is also irregulated. Um, do you take magnesium? Because magnesium is like a game changer. For I me. just recently started it. 
Okay. Awesome. Good for you. Like it, I feel like such a difference. Like whenever I forget it for a day, I just can feel it in my body. Okay. I did I've, been, not take I've been on it. it for like three days now. Um, and Noah's been taking it too. I'm pointed like he's here. He's not even here, but, um, <laughs> he has been feeling great with sleep because of it. Yeah. I take it before bedtime as well. What do you take? What brand? I don't know. I have it on my counter, but it's like a, it has all three types of magnesium. It says like the okay, citrate and then two other ones. Um, but it's like 70% of your daily amount, I think. Yeah, that's good. I, I love supplements. Like they have changed so much for me. Like just like how I feel anxious and anxiety wise. Like I cannot stress it enough. <laughs> really? What are your um, recommended supplements? So I, I haven't like announced this online yet, but I used to eat vegan for seven years. Okay. And um, the last few months I started actually eating animal products again and not everything. Like it's just like being fish and eggs. Um, and fish oil. And I feel like fish oil, like literally puts the light on in your brain. Wow. Okay. And that's, I've been taking that every day and I feel like it's been so amazing. And then like, I take it to ashwagandha, then L-theanine. I don't know how to pronounce Oh, I do that. like, I do like L-theanine. And magnesium. Then I love symbiotica. Okay. Um, do you have like all like good ones, like golden mind to help like chill your brain out and like get focused and do you have this um it's like a, a tonic like it's called like adrenaline tonic I think I need to look it up it's downstairs but it's like it helps to like help your nerve system to calm down and like that is also a game changer for me okay I love that I've heard of symbiotica so I'll have to look them up yeah, I love them. I'm like obsessed with everything they do. I have really? so many supplements. Yeah. Have I you never ever knew to him, the guy that owns it. Oh yeah. He's so like it's so insightful. Like he's been mm. on a lot of podcasts lately. And I, I just love learning and just seeing how people, you know, set up their brands and have you listened really to him cool. about sunning? No, is that with the like the butthole thing? Yes. Yes. Noah and I were talking about that literally yesterday. I was like, Noah, there's this guy who owns this um like wellness brand. And I was listening to an episode of him on the skinny confidential and he recommends sunning. And he's like, I get sun um like I don't even remember his name, but he's like, I get sun everywhere, even my butthole for at least 20 minutes every single day. I'm like, what? Yeah, Shervin is his name. Shervin. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, I listened to that episode as well. I love the Skinny Confidential. And like, I know that Lauren keeps mentioning how to like, she's like sunning her butthole and like, <laughs> that she even like does that to her baby or something. Like, it's really <laughs> funny how that <laughs> is a thing that I did not know about and I have not tried it personally. Yeah, I live in New York City, so I will not be doing that. I would be taken to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many people sure. watching. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I do feel like it makes, I don't know about the butthole part, but I do feel like sunshine in general makes sense. Like to start your day. So oh, I can yeah. see the importance of just getting sun in the morning. I just think that's so funny. I definitely think that that's also a huge thing. Cause like when I still lived in the Netherlands, it's almost always like 95% of the time it's gloomy there and rainy and like 50 degrees. And when I moved to Texas, I love the heat. I love the sun. I just feel like I get so much more energy. Like, even though a lot of people here complain that the summers are so hot because it's like a hundred degrees, you know, July, August and stuff. But like, I honestly love it. It makes me feel so much more energized and just like more mentally clear. Like you just need that vitamin D for mm -hmm. sure. You, you live in Austin, right? Mm -hmm. Do you like it overall? Like Austin itself? Oh yeah. I love Austin. Cool. I've only been 
once for a few days, but I would like to visit again. Yeah, come come stay with us. Yeah, <laughs> we have a guest room. <laughs> yeah, I love Austin. Um, it's like kind of small LA. I always say, um, as I used to only travel to California, I was really worried. I was like, oh my gosh, like moving to Austin potentially. Like, you know, I'm not sure if I would like that city. And then once I started visiting um, my husband Darren more and more, it was just so so awesome. Like the city is really it's really cool. That's awesome. So since it's the end of the year, when this episode goes out, I thought I would ask to end it a few questions revolving New Year's resolutions and like ending the year. So first would be, what was the most challenging thing you dealt with this year? And um, did you overcome it? And if so, how? All right. Um, So I feel like this year was very turbulent for me, especially from July on. I just feel like it was like shit after shit with like family passing away with like, I got COVID and then I got long COVID symptoms that I really struggled with for a long time that caused like brain fog. That's why I started like taking the the fish oil and started getting like eating fish and stuff again as well. Um, I think like long COVID and like just health issues in general have been rough for me this year. I have a cyst currently on my right ovary that has been Mm. bugging me for months. Um, It's just you really realize how fragile you are as a human being. So I think what I've been really focusing on this year is to really make sure that I eat less processed food, really like more like the whole foods diet, taking supplements, working out and just making sure to give my body what it deserves. Cause we can be all so hard on our bodies mm-hmm. with saying negative things or just like not being happy with not being healthy. But I think we really need to focus love on our bodies so it can thrive better I love that and what is something you're proud of that you did this year oh my gosh so I hit my goal of what I wanted to make this year I in January last year I set a goal to hit six figures and I am so close that I think I will make it this year which has been incredible for me because it sounded kind of delusional to do that um to set that goal last year in January because the year before I made like half of it you know okay so and also this year I had a collaboration with um Ida Love it's a jewelry brand and I made like a ring stack with them which was so awesome to do and it launched in April and it did really well that's awesome and one of my favorite musicians was wearing it that I didn't even know about so I think that was like a really big win that's incredible that's so cool and Um, do you have any big plans for the new year? I know you mentioned launching a brand. If you want to share anything about that. Yes. So, I mean, it's still a very secretive, but yeah, if I, uh, a few months ago, I was crying in the bathtub. I was feeling miserable mentally, just like for two hours long, I was just sitting there crying. And all of a sudden I felt like I saw the light (laughs) and I came (laughs) up with this business idea that I wouldn't really like go into really into details because I'm still like gonna launch it Mm -hmm. and but I was just like this is a hole in the market there's there's such a gap like I need to do this so I've been working on it I literally had a call with a manufacturer this morning because it's really making a a product from scratch so it's really scary but um I hope to launch it at the end of 2023 so I just don't want to like really put a time frame on it because I want it to be perfect and good enough for it to launch and not just like rush it just to be launching it you know absolutely and it's uh the brand is called rebel june and uh, okay yeah, just stay tuned 
Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, so the last question is actually two last questions. Sorry. Um, how do you plan on making 2023 a year to remember? Oh, that's a good one. I'm still working on my vision board and manifesting stuff, but I really want to be more present in 2023. But whatever I do to be more present, less on my phone, less zoned out mentally, just really present on having fun. Um, that's something I struggled with in 2022 to generally having fun and to really be in the moment and not just like constantly focused on work or what to do next or, you know, worrying about everything. I just really want to yeah, have fun and be present. I love that. And then last, any tips for anyone listening who's going into 2023 on how they can make it a year to remember? I think to set small manageable steps for yourself is really important. We can really overwhelm ourselves with seeing all these things online and be like, oh my gosh, that person has this and you have that. And like, I don't, I think like starting with small manageable steps to make changes that will be much easier than saying like you know just setting this really high goal that you don't know how to get there and then being so overwhelmed with pressuring yourself into getting there I think like making manageable steps and trying to keep track of those steps like okay I accomplished this what is the next thing I can do to accomplish the next step really focus on on those small manageable steps and I swear by a morning and evening routine I feel that may set you up for you know a good day I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel like this was such an insightful um, episode. So if you want to let people know where to find you. Yeah, sure. I'm so excited that I was able to come on here and I'm so grateful for you for inviting me. Oh my gosh, um, of course. I'm so glad to have you on here. On er everywhere. I basically am Kellyanne Schumann on TikTok, Perfect. YouTube, Instagram, everywhere. So yeah. So I will you. put Kelly's and is it, do you go by Kelly or Kellyanne? Either way is fine. Okay. Well, I will put all of, I'll say Kelly slash Kellyanne's information in the description of the podcast and also the description on YouTube. And then also when I share the episode, when it goes live, I'll make sure to link all your stuff for people to find you as well. But thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show. It was really nice hearing from you and it was a really amazing episode. Um, but again, thank you so much. And yeah, to everyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful end of the year and a happy new year, and I will see you all next year. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.